afternoon, and thank you, Donna. I'm always so impressed with myself when you introduce me. <laughs> I mean, I forgot some of those things. No, I'm just teasing. And by the way, uh, Psalm 46 is only one of my favorites. There's just too many to pick out a favorite, right? I put that in some of the lessons that I give to our women when we're doing Bible study, and I'll say, you know, choose one, and there's always rebellious ones that will put two or three because they just can't narrow it down to one, and I totally understand. Well, ladies, it's such a pleasure to be here. I, I truly have been looking forward to coming because I do. I've gotten to know many of you or recognize faces over the years, and you always make me feel very, very welcome, very much a part of your body of women. And um, my friend Ocean came with me today, and we just had a nice drive over and, and just had looked forward to coming. When I was first invited to come and share, it was right when we were starting our women's summer study, and the invitation came with the theme, telling me what your theme was of joy. Well, our summer study that we were doing was all on abundant joy. So I was just full of joy to be able to uh, come and be able to... Um, continue to stay focused on joy. Now, let me ask you just a quick question. How many of you have had a daughter recently ask you about, you know, talk to you about getting married? She wanted to get married. You think anyone recently? No, really? Y'all won, yes. <laughs> well, it, it, there's no prize or anything. I'm just going <laughs> to... just going to tell you a little story. This this is kind of, uh, you know, I'm very tech illiterate. And um, if I need something fixed on my phone or my computer, it's usually my 10-year-old grandson or my 14-year-old granddaughter that is the one that's going to help me. But this is about a daughter who was telling her dad, texting her dad. And this is what she said to him, Daddy, I'm coming home to get married soon. Get out your checkbook, LOL, which is laugh out loud, right? Those of you that text, how many text? How many text? Come on, be honest. The Lord knows. It's not, it's not a sin. It's okay. I'm like this, you know, and I see you guys, some of you do. Oh, it's just amazing. My thumbs are not that coordinated. Um, but anyway, she goes on. I'm in love with a boy who is far away from me. I am in Australia, and he lives in Scotland. We met on a dating website, became friends on Facebook, had long chats on WhatsApp. He proposed to me on Skype, and now we've had two months of relationship through Viber. My beloved and favorite dad, I need your blessing, good wishes, and a really big wedding. <laughs> Lots of love and thanks, your favorite daughter, Lily. Well, her dad, being tech savvy, texts back and says, my dear Lily, like, wow, real, really? Cool. Whatever. I suggest you two get married on Twitter. <laughs> Have fun on Tango. Buy your kids on Amazon. And pay for it all through PayPal. And when you get fed up with this husband, sell him on eBay. <laughs> and he signed it, LOL, lots of love. Daddy. Okay, just a little silliness for you. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for laughter and 
It does good like medicine, a merry heart, and we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for this day, for the privilege of being able to come away for a few hours and not worry about texting or phone calls or dishes or cooking. Um, just the cares of this life, Lord, we could just be free from them. And, Lord, I just ask that you would so speak to each one of us today, stir our hearts, fill us with your joy, that it would remain in us. We just give you the rest of this time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, joy. It's a happy word, isn't it? When, when you just hear joy, whether you're feeling joy or not, it's a happy word. I love the little daisies and the bookmarks. Thank you for always making, you know, when you take your bookmark home, maybe you're going to be down one day and you're going to open a book and there it's going to be and it's going to remind you. Joy. The joy can be yours. I usually think of fun things or pleasant things or, or nice things. We've all heard phrases like the joy of cooking. Well, that doesn't fill me with joy, I've got to be honest. <laughs> How about a bundle of joy? I know some of you gals are pregnant, um, waiting for your little bundle of joy to arrive. <clears throat> Enjoy. <laughs> Recently, the Parade magazine had an article that said, it was titled, The New Joy of Coloring. And it was serious. It was a serious article about this new trend that even adults are getting out their crayons and are coloring. Um, maybe you've seen ad, an ad for classes such as the joy of learning or the joy of baking. That goes right there with the joy of cooking. <laughs> Unless it's peel off the lid and turn the oven on. I, I, I do that well. Um, maybe the joy of painting. Well, and there's a well-known Bible study called The Joy of Living. And when Kay Smith, I had gone to Costa Mesa, Calvary for many, many years, when she started writing the lesson, she called the Bible studies Joyful Life. So joy is a, um, should, it is a word that we as Christians are used to, but it's, it's used out there in the world all the time. Joy is a word that is used in the Old Testament 102 times. And it's used 63 times in the New Testament. Now, that I'm going by the King James Version of how many. Other words in the Bible that stem from the word joy are enjoy, joyful, joyfully, joyous, and rejoice. Now, when I think of my two grandchildren, Kayla, 14, and Matt, 10, I'm, I'm, I'm joyful. When I think of getting to be a part of uh, the Lord's work, such as today, uh, like coming today, I'm filled with joy. When I think of where I know, I don't doubt, I know where I'm going to spend eternity, man, I, I overflow with joy, just turning my thoughts to knowing this life is temporal, we're just passing through, it's the journey, it's not the destination. So basically, what is joy? Well, Webster says it's a very glad feeling. It's one of great pleasure or delight. Basically, the bottom line in Hebrew and in Greek, joy means cheerfulness, gladness, delight, and rejoicing. To enjoy, enjoy is to have or experience with joy. 
It's to get pleasure from or to relish. <laughs> I told Ocean this on the way here. Something she said just triggered this. But when an obnoxious driver is cutting in and out of traffic and they're in such a hurry to get in front of you, when we end up at the same light side by side. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I'm so sorry. I have a lot of joy when that happens and I shouldn't. <laughs> I enjoyed our lunch and fellowship at our table. How about you? I enjoyed the worship. Thank you, girls, very, very much, wherever you all are. Thank you. It was great. Um, I enjoy watching my granddaughter play volleyball, whether she wins or loses, her team wins or loses. I um, enjoy watching our grandson play basketball or football. I enjoy watching lives change as the Lord is at work in someone's life, and you can see the change, and you can see just the joy come to a person when they come to know the Lord. Um, I'm sure you've all heard different explanations or little sayings about joy that try to define it or describe it, such as joy isn't the absence of suffering. It is the presence of the Lord. Maybe you've heard the word joy. J is for Jesus. O is for others. Y is for you. And if you keep Jesus first and put others before you, then you're going to have joy. I heard a pastor once say, and this is the one I really, really like, joy is the deep abiding confidence that all is well regardless of the circumstances or difficulties. Joy is the deep abiding confidence that all is well regardless of the circumstances or difficulties. I know we sometimes try to explain joy by saying joy is not happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness can change depending on our circumstances. Happiness can change depending on our mood. For women, depending on what time of month it is. And I guess that really goes for men, too, if men are living with women. <laughs> but joy, joy is not based on our circumstances. And it can be steadfast, and it can be constant, and it can be consistent regardless of what is going on. And it should be that way because of what joy is and where it comes from. So where does joy come from? Does it come from financial stability? Does it come from relationships? Being married or not being married? Being a parent or a grandparent or not? Is it based on where we live, what we look like, who we know? Is it based on where we've been placed in the body of Christ and what he's called us to do? Well, it was basically, that was eight questions, and I'm going to give you eight answers. No, 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 no. And when I think of the word no, I always think of my son when he was a teenager, and that phrase, it says, what part of no don't you understand? Joy does not come from those things. Those things are all temporal, and sometimes those are just the hand we're dealt in this life, and joy is not dependent upon that. According to our theme verse for today, it comes from the Lord. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, Jesus said, may remain in you, and that your joy 
may be full. And that's in John 15, 11. And the Amplified, that verse reads, I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be full measure and complete and overflowing. So what things had Jesus told them? What were the things that he was referring to when he said, these things I have spoken? Well, I would tell you everything in red in your Bible. If you have a red letter Bible, all of Jesus' words are in red. But probably in that particular verse, he had maybe something specific in mind. But he had actually used that same uh, statement in other places where he said, these things I have spoken. In one place he said, these things I have spoken, and it was so they wouldn't be offended when they were persecuted or rejected. He spoke things so that they would have peace in spite of tribulation that they would experience. He spoke certain things when he was getting ready to depart, and he said he was sending the Holy Spirit so that they wouldn't feel alone or abandoned. But in John 15, 11, he was speaking very possibly about how his father was the husbandman or the gardener. He is the vine. Jesus is the vine and believers are the branches. And he was talking about in John 15 how important it is for the branches to stay connected to the vine. And if the branch is not connected to the vine, there's no life to that branch. And how we need to be abiding in him and his words abiding in us. And so it's very possible that's what he was referring to, the relationship, the connection that he wants to have with you, that he wants to have with me is staying very close and connected. So his life and his joy will flow into my life, into your life. Now, in John, uh, John's first letter, he wrote about eternal life, Jesus, and the fellowship that we can have with Jesus. That's in 1 John 1, 4. And he said, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. See, our joy, ladies, is incomplete if we don't have Jesus' joy in us. Our joy is lacking. Um, it, it's not full until we have the Lord's joy in us, and then it makes our joy full and complete. Jesus has the words of life, everything he said, and that is recorded for us in the word of God, will nourish us, will strengthen us, will encourage us, will counsel us, will comfort us, will build us up, will fill us with joy, because it's the Lord speaking to us. He wants us to hear his word. He says his sheep hear his voice, and we are likened to sheep, and he is the good shepherd. When we know him and we can follow him, he takes care of us. In Jeremiah 15, 16, the Old Testament prophet, who had been enduring the consequences of Israel's disobedience and rebellion and rejection of God's word, he longed to hear from God. He cried out to the Lord. And he sought the Lord, and this is what he said, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. God's word can and should fill our hearts with joy, ladies. It should cause us to rejoice knowing our creator, the God of heaven and earth, is living, is alive, and he speaks to us today. 
He speaks to us through his word, and he'll speak to us through his still, small voice, through the Holy Spirit who he, he has given to us. You know, after the wall was rebuilt and many of the captives had returned to Jerusalem, Ezra read the word of God to them, and they repented and they wept. And Nehemiah came along and said to them, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Just knowing that God is with us and his joy will be our strength. And I had a little devotional that I read during the summer. And we were, again, focusing on joy. And this was a part that I wanted to share. Some years ago, a newspaper conducted an interesting demonstration. A horse capable of pulling just over 9,000 pounds was paired with one that could pull slightly less than 8,000 pounds. Together, they combined to pull an incredible 27,000 pounds, 10,000 more than if you just would have added the two together. It's a principle called synergy. How many have heard of that word, synergy? Right? It's another technological thing, I think, out there that's happening in our world today as knowledge has increased. But anyway, it's a principle called synergy where the combined force or power exceeds the sum total of the power of the individuals involved. There's something about strength combining with strength. Imagine God's strength combining with our own. How incredible is that? What possibilities? Nothing is impossible for the Lord. And we need to remember that and realize that, that his joy is our strength and that in our weakness, his strength is perfected. He has no limitations. He's, he's the God of the impossible. He's, he's a miracle-working God, and he empowers us natural human beings to do supernatural things. And where we don't think we can go on another moment, another day with what's happening in our life, his strength will be there for us. His joy will strengthen us to take that next step that we need to take. Psalm 16:11. the psalmist said, You have shown me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now he has shown us the path of life. He has shown us the way to salvation, the path that leads to eternal life, life abundant. And through that, we have fellowship with a holy God. We can have fellowship with a living God through Jesus Christ in his presence. Now his presence is everywhere. He is omnipresent. He is in this room right now. And every believer that is in this room, he has taken up residence within you through the person of the Holy Spirit. But this is talking about being aware in a relationship with him, being able to talk with him and listen to him and to commune with him and to know he's with you wherever you go. He's with you 24-7. You don't have to text him. He's a present help in trouble. You just turn your thoughts, and he's right there. You just call out to him, and he's right there, ready to listen and to fellowship with you. And in his presence is fullness of joy. There is no lack of joy with the Lord. Psalm 43, 4, the psalmist said, Then will I go to the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. Exceeding, not just my joy, my good joy, a little bit of my joy, my exceeding joy, he declared. Paul, when he was in prison, 
according to uh, Philippians 4.4, 4, wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, if he could rejoice in prison and tell the believers he was writing to to rejoice, we can be... We can rejoice. Whatever prison you might be in, a prison of a relationship, a financial situation, a job, something going on at work, or in whatever your circumstances, an illness, and you feel like you're in a prison, you can rejoice in the Lord. Always. That means all the time. But then all, also, to me, it's A-L-L space W-A-Y-S. Always, all the time, whatever your circumstances are, you can rejoice in the Lord. And then it will fill you with the joy of the Lord, who then will strengthen you to go on with whatever that is going on in your life. One writer said of John 15:11, again, our theme for today, when things are going well, we feel elated. When hardships come, we sink into depression. But when true joy transcends these waves of circumstances, joy comes from a consistent relationship with Jesus Christ. When our lives are intertwined with his, he will help us walk through adversity. The joy of living with Jesus Christ daily keeps us level-headed no matter how high or how low our circumstances. That's how we can have joy no matter what is going on. True joy Joy that remains in spite of who we are or who we aren't, what's happening to us or all around us, that joy will come from the Lord, ladies. So joy, gladness, delight, rejoicing come from God. It comes from being in his presence, from being in his word, from being in prayer and that fellowship with him, communing with him. So who is this joy for? Who can experience this joy? Who can possess this joy? Who can claim this joy for themselves? It's for anyone and everyone. It's for you and it's for me. It's for all believers. And I will tell you, it's available to those in the world, but the, the, those in the world that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ are not going to experience that joy that comes from God. It's for believers. Those in the world are still dead in their trespasses and sins. They don't have that relationship with God. They might believe in God. They might even tell you they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But if their salvation is not based on Christ and his finished work on the cross, they don't have a relationship with a holy, living God through Jesus Christ. Joy begins with salvation. It's birthed when we are born again, ladies. When we put our faith or our trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross to pay for our sins. That's when joy begins. You're not going to fully experience joy from God until you know God. You're not going to know God until you know his son, Jesus Christ. And you're not going to know his son, Jesus Christ, until you experience God's free gift of salvation through grace. It's a free gift. It's not earned. It's not deserved. It's freely given. He paid the price for us. It's not belonging to a church. It's not being religious. It's having a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing he died and would have died for you and only you if you were the only one that ever would have come to him. And it's not a relationship with Jesus and church. It's not a relationship with Jesus Christ 
and our good works. James tells us that our works are seen, or our faith is seen by our good works. Our good works don't save us, but if it's genuine faith, there will be a change. There will be good works. So there are Old Testament believers that were waiting for the Messiah to come. They believed God was going to send the Messiah to save them. We're going to see them in heaven, just like we're going to see any person living today, alive, that knows Jesus Christ. We're going to be in heaven with born-again believers. Habakkuk 3.18, things weren't going well for him. Uh, but he said, in spite of his circumstances, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Hannah in 1 Samuel 2.1 declared that she rejoiced in the Lord and in his salvation. Isaiah 12, 2 and 3, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, because of that, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. That well never runs dry. It's there for anyone to come and drink from. In fact, in Jeremiah, uh, he declares that the Lord is the fountain of living water. So let me ask you today, have you drank from that well of living water? It's been available to you. Before I was saved, before I was born again, if you would have asked me, I would have told you, yes, I was a Christian because I wasn't a Buddhist. I wasn't a Muslim. I wasn't an atheist. I wasn't an agnostic. And I believe Jesus was the son of God. Some of you will maybe remember the movie with Jeffrey Hunter. I think it was called King of Kings, and they used to play it always at Easter. It's one of my favorite movies. I'd sit and watch it and cry. But I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He was God's son that lived up there in heaven. And I hoped that my good deeds would outweigh my bad deeds. And I told some of you over the years, as long as I didn't steal anything really expensive, like a car. <laughs> you know, you go into the stores and you, you buy clothes and they have to take off that thing. People like me are the reason they have to do that. Because <laughs> they used to just use straight pins. Sorry, honestly, some of you will remember shopping. And it was real easy if you didn't want to pay $20, you could pay 10 by just finding a $10 price tag and being pretty clever and switching it. I was a good kid. I never stole it. Well, I did take a car once, my parents. They just didn't know. <laughs> Does that count? But anyway, so a gal down the street where we were living, I was married and had a son, and anyway, she used to live out her faith. She was a born-again believer, and she would talk about, you know, the Lord being in her life, and every time I said, well, I'm a Christian, she'd always leave me with this feeling of something was missing, and I didn't like it, you know, um, and she was a single mom raising four kids. Her husband had left her, and I just thought she used religion as a crutch, and some of you may be in that position, or maybe you've known people that are that same way. But I know she was praying for me. We had moved into this little cul-de-sac, and I think half of them were believers that went to Calvary Costa Mesa, and they were all praying. I know they were. <laughs> and I got out my Bible. Fortunately, gave me the grace to believe God's word. This Bible is God's word, that it's, it was what God said. So I got it out to prove what she was telling me was wrong because I believed all roads led 
you know, just be good enough and you've got a pretty good chance, hopefully. And um, she gave me a book of Pastor Chuck's, What the World is Coming to, which is his commentary on the book of Revelation. And I was going to prove him wrong. I mean, okay, he's telling me what the Bible says. Well, I'm looking and it's like, oh. Oh, it does say that. And I, I mean, I can picture myself in my living room in Fountain Valley the moment my eyes were open to the truth and I invited Jesus Christ into my life. And my life has never been the same. <clears throat> and I have joy. I have joy because it's not based on me and what my life has been, the situations I've been in, good, bad, ugly, whatever. It's based on the Lord and the joy that comes from him. You know, Jesus said in John 14, 6, well, he didn't say it there, but that's where we say he said it. He said it. It's just recorded in John 14, 6, where he said, I am the way. I think, Donna, you mentioned this. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's when I knew I needed to go through Jesus Christ, and he wanted to be in my life, not just up there somewhere. He wanted to be in my everyday life, just like he wants to be in your everyday life. And that's when I could experience that deep abiding joy that will remain. David. David had sinned with Bathsheba and sent Bathsheba's husband to the front line so he would be killed in battle. And then he could have Bathsheba. Well, the Lord sent the prophet Nathan to confront David. And as a result, David confessed and he repented of his sin and what he had done. And he wrote Psalm 51 shortly after that encounter with Nathan. It's a psalm of confession and of repentance. David knew he was guilty and he knew he had sinned against the Lord. And because of it, he had lost his joy. So in verse 12 of Psalm 51, he says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. He not only asked for that forgiveness and cleansing, but he asked for God to restore his joy, the joy that he had through that relationship, through faith in God. And for us, it's that faith that brings us to salvation, and that salvation can fill us with joy. And when we are away from the Lord, um, through whatever situation we might find ourselves in, um, even though he's there, we need to ask him to restore our joy. It's his salvation, and there's joy that comes with his salvation. He planned the way of salvation. He initiated it. He sought you out before you ever gave him a thought. Just like today, he has brought you all here today. He is seeking to fill those with his joy, whose joy is still incomplete. He wants your joy to be made full. So if you already know him and you've already received his gift of grace, his free gift of salvation, maybe you're in a situation and you need to ask him to restore the joy of your salvation like David did. Or maybe you're here and you've never experienced that. And you don't, you've never really known or you've been hearing people tell you, but God loves you. He loves you, and he wants to take care of your sin for you so that you can spend eternity with him. There's no other way to deal with our sin, and there's no one that has not sinned. My mom, before she did die and go home to be with the Lord at 99 and a half years of age, um, you know, when we 
some her, my brothers and I got saved and we started witnessing to my parents. My dad was easier to finally come to the truth than my mom. And she used to take us when we were kids to Sunday school and we'd sing all these songs and I would have her come to our women's Christmas luncheons and she'd sing all the Christmas carols. And I said, Mom, why are you singing those so enthusiastically if you don't even believe what you're singing? You know? And um, I, I remember talking to her one time and she said, well, I'm not a sinner. I believe in, in God, just not the way you do. And she really, she for a long time, denied the fact that she was a sinner. And just a few little questions. Well, have you ever told a little white lie? Or, you know, because they were good moral people, decent people. But she finally realized, and as we continued to pray, she realized she was a sinner. She needed a Savior. We can't save ourselves, ladies. We need a Savior. Jesus was the only one. No man could do what he was able to do, take our sin he was perfect, and he took our sin and gives us his righteousness so we can become righteous before God. Joy is birthed or begins for us when we are born again and when we put our faith and trust in what he did on the cross for us. You know, talking about joy, it, it, Christmas, this is a well-known verse, Luke 2.10. The angel announced to the shepherds who were watching their flock by night, they announced, behold, the angel, uh, behold, I bring you good tidings or good news of great joy. Not a little joy, not some joy, but great joy. God so loved the world. God so loved you. God so loved me that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He so loves our neighbor that we don't. <laughs> he so loves uh, uh, your fellow employees or your employer or fellow students or family members or your in-laws or whoever it might be. God loves them as hard as that is to believe. <laughs> but you know what? He loves you. And someone's probably thinking, how could he love her? Now, I love you all, so I don't think that. But we are all sinners. All sinners. We all miss the mark. And God sent his son so that we could spend eternity with him. We are reconciled to a holy God. Peace is made with God. When we have peace with God, then we can experience the peace of God. And the joy of God that he gives us. Then we can come boldly to his throne of grace and find help and find mercy when we need it. James 1-2 tells us we can count it or reckon or consider it all joy when we encounter trials and tribulation and troubles. Why? Because these things are happening? No, but because... Because the Lord's with us. He's testing our faith not to see if we will fail, but to strengthen us as we go through these difficulties. This life isn't the way heaven was ever intended it to be. Sin has changed this world and what life should be and what life can be and will be once again. He continues to save us. He doesn't just say once we're his, Okay, good. I'm glad you finally know me. Now, I'm going to be in heaven, and when you get there, I'll buzz you in. Okay? Or send me a text when you're on your way, right? No, he is with us. He continues to save us, not for salvation, but to protect us, to 
help us in this life as we do journey through this life. He is with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Things change. Seasons come and go, ladies. Our life circumstances change. Relationships can change, but never does God change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never does his word change. You can count on his word. It's truth. His love never changes. It's unconditional. No matter how we're living our life, he loves us in spite of ourselves. His presence is always with us, and his joy can remain with us, making our joy complete and full. Psalm 126.3 in the NIV, the nearly inspired version. <laughs> oh, you're listening now, no. What, what is it that what is it the new the new international virgin version? I should have left it with the NIV, right? Anyway, in the NIV, this verse is translated: "The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy." Has He not done great things for you? Even if salvation was the only great thing he ever did for us, would that not be enough to give us a ticket into heaven? You needed a ticket for today, whether you purchased it or someone treated you as their guest. You need a ticket into heaven, and Jesus is our ticket. He paid for our ticket. That is a great thing, and that should fill us with joy. <laughs> is God joy, God's joy available to you? Yes, it is. Romans fourteen seventeen says, The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Galatians five twenty two. Joy is one aspect of the fruit the Holy Spirit is producing in our lives. Sin hinders our joy. Worry hinders our joy. Doubt hinders our joy. Worldly living hinders our joy. And as I said before, maybe you need to pray like David did, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. When I think of the word restore, I think of, um, I watch HGTV when I'm home and, you know, not doing anything, <clears throat> vegging. And they refinish houses and they refinish furniture, right? Any of you watch those programs? It's okay if you do. <laughs> But you don't get HGTV out here in this area. There's not one other person. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to exercise anyway. Restore. My dad had an antique clock gallery that he went into the business after he retired. Ruined my mom's plans of traveling once he retire but that's okay he was busy and he was there till he died at his age of 84 because of cancer but he used to refinish clocks he would restore clocks and I think of Pastor Chuck re restoring the Calvary Chapel Conference Center down in Marietta Hot Springs where many of you have gone to the retreats it was run down it was worldly and he saw the Lord showed him what it could be and how he restored it to what it is today that's being used for the Lord. It's better than, than new. To restore, you have to remove the old, the decaying part, the worn out part before you can bring it back and make it better and new. Maybe you have a relationship that needs to be restored. 
Maybe your joy has been robbed because of the condition it is in. Sometimes we let things, our circumstances, illness, um, hurt, difficulties, difficult people, rob us of the joy that is ours and can be ours. But we need to be like Paul, where Paul in Acts 20, 24 said, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my course with joy. The word course there is like finish my path, finish my race, the, the life that God has called me to. I want to finish it with joy. And you can by keeping your eyes on the prize, laying aside anything that would slow you down and hinder you as you run your course, as you run your race. And then let the goal be that you would hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That is that fullness of joy that will never be hindered again, where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more darkness, no more sin. And I love the songs that you guys all chose to sing because so, so many of the words that we were singing, I, they've looked at my notes. Or they're going to think I looked at their songs. But either way, the Lord is trying to get our attention and let us know his joy, his joy will make our joy complete. And he wants us to experience his joy as we wait for him to come and take us home. And that's having that eternal perspective, ladies. Fullness of joy forever. Fullness of joy today because we get it through him, through his word, through prayer, through communion with him and where it says these things i have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete we have to be in his word we have to listen to his word he didn't just speak him and then it's automatically going to come we've got to read it we've got to be a doer of god's word his word obeyed and practiced and lived out in our lives will keep us um in that fullness of joy and the fellowship, spending time with him, being in his presence, knowing him and knowing that as you've prayed and he's answered, it is going to fill you with joy, the joy of his promises, the joy of his help, the joy that no matter is what is going on, you can experience and have that joy, knowing that God is able, God is trustworthy, he is dependable, his Love is unconditional, will always be there for you, and he is working on your behalf. I want to close as reading you something that the Lord just was putting on my heart the other day. It just started with one or two little phrases or declarations about God. God's love is unconditional. His grace is sufficient. His path is life. His peace is perfect. His mercy is new every morning. His compassion is unfailing. His word is unerring. His character is flawless. His ways are without mistake. His power is almighty. His forgiveness is enough. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. His promises are true. His return is sure. And his joy makes our joy full so as paul would say rejoice in the lord always again i say rejoice let's pray 
Lord, we thank you for your joy that you so freely offer that will make our joy complete. And Lord, forgive us when we look for joy in all the wrong places. That it's really found just through our relationship with you, listening to your word, following your instructions, being comforted by your promises, guided by your light, empowered by your spirit, never alone, And through faith in you, Lord, we can be guaranteed of our spot in heaven. And Lord, in this world, this day and age, we want to be anchored in you. Because, Lord, you know we can be filled with joy as we spend time in the morning with you and go out and open the paper or turn on the news. And there's all kinds of assaults against our joy. But through you, Lord, it can remain. And Lord, I pray for the women here today, those that know you, that they would leave overflowing with joy because you've reminded them that they have joy because they know you, because you saved them, because this life isn't all there is. And Lord, those that have come that don't know you, I pray that their hearts would be opened even now and that they would acknowledge before you that they are a sinner and they realize today they need a Savior and you are the Savior. So Jesus, I pray that you would just come take up residence within each and every heart today, every heart that's open before you. Fill them to overflowing. Establish them. Let their feet be firm on the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ, that they could be steadfast and grow and mature and be about your business until you come. So, Lord, thank you again for this beautiful day, this beautiful time of fellowship. And I pray, Lord, that we will leave changed because we were here today. And may our lives bring you praise and glory and honor. You're so deserving. We thank you. We're humbled. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.